0: I'm gonna get right into the message this morning entitled Heaven and Earth. Pastor Rodney introduced the sermon series last week by that particular title, Heaven and Earth. And so if we're gonna get into that again today, continue to, to speak about that divine connection between heaven and earth and how in the beginning, when you read the creation narrative, you have the very first verse in Genesis. That in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Heavens and the earth, and from the very beginning, they were always meant to cooperate together, to work together, to flow together, to be connected, and, and so we need to be ever mindful of the connection that God has made between heaven and earth. Colossians 3, excuse me, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16 tells us that all things in heaven and earth were created by him and through him so there's a divine connection between heaven and earth. And as Rodney introduced in the message series last week, he, he introduced it by taking us to the Lord's Prayer and talked about how that's a, a prayer that's um, uh, very often prayed. And we pray it a lot and many of us have it memorized, but you know, this particular part I wanna to bring to our remembrance again today is when we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And exactly what are we praying? What are we declaring when we are saying your, will be, your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven? So there's a connection between heaven and earth. Jesus came uh, to, uh, to fulfill that connection. There was a connection from the very beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. And then that connection was lost through the transgression of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They, they yielded to the temptation of Satan and the authority that Adam and Eve had on earth to do... Uh, kingdom business on the earth, that authority was lost. They turned it over to the enemy, but the good news is Jesus Christ came back, and he he regained that authority, and then he gave it back to the church. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18, Jesus said, all authority, everyone say "All all authority. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. So there we have it again. All authority has been given to Jesus. That means there's someone running around Lying to you, making you believe that he has authority, but he has none. So, all the glory belongs to God, all the authority has been given to Jesus. And then, Jesus, in his wisdom and the wisdom of God, commissioned the church, the body of Christ, you and me, Christians all over the world, uh, to go about and to do kingdom business in his name. So, he delegated the authority. To us, and we are to be doing kingdom business. So, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pastor Rodney last week talked about how it's important that we lift up the name of Jesus, how low it be your name, that we honor the name of the the Lord our God. How we, and number two, that we need to be embracing his kingdom. Then, number three, we need to be seeking his will on a a regular basis. So, we're going to continue along that line, and, and the purpose of this series is to make us conscious of the connection between heaven and earth. I think one of the greatest injustices, the body of Christ, uh, that we are guilty of is that we are many times going through life as, as Christians, we are happy and we are elated that we have been introduced to the saving grace of Jesus Christ and we have been given the promise of eternity in heaven. How many people are thankful for the promise of eternity in heaven? That's wonderful. That is wonderful to know that we have the promise of eternity in heaven. But it's been over 40 years now that I've received that promise. And I still believe in the promise and I'm still looking forward to the promise. But like myself and like many, all, all of us, there is some expectation that we are to be living with here on earth. What most Christians are refer to when they're taking, well, I'm a person of faith. Then you say, I believe in God. basically I believe that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. That certainly is the big picture. That is the end game, so to speak. I don't think that's an end game necessarily, but it's certainly an end game of what we know as life here on earth, but we are eternal beings. But the reality is what, what we refer to as uh, living by faith, it, it's really not. What most Christians are waiting for and, and believing for is that the world's gonna get darker and it's gonna get worse. And that is true. There's nothing wrong with believing that, but there's more to the story than that. So most people are believing, they're in agreement that yes, the world's gonna get darker, it's going to get worse, and number two, that the church is gonna get raptured. That's the escape clause. That's what I call the escapist theology. One of these days we're gonna get out there, just hang in there, just hang in there, just hold on, we are gonna get raptured, it's gonna turn out well. Well, it is going to turn out well. It is going to turn out well, but that's not, that's not all that God has come for us. He, when, when, when our authority was lost on earth through the transgression of Adam and Eve, God already had a plan that was to send Jesus Christ into the earth to redeem authority back to mankind that we would again rule and reign on the earth and have dominion on the earth and have that divine connection between heaven and earth that we could be experiencing uh, heaven on earth and we could not only be experiencing it, but exhibiting heaven on earth to a lost and dying world. Exhibiting heaven and earth to a lost and dying world. Being a display of heaven here on Earth, when people need a touch of heaven, when they need a taste of heaven, when they need to experience heaven. we don't just want to say, "Well, okay, you accept Jesus and you'll go there when you die." In the meantime, suffer. But don't worry, we're going to get raptured. But I warn you, the world's going to get really, really dark. It's going to get really, really bad before it gets better. But God's in control. We can do better than that. We can get connected with the ultimate plan of God and experience heaven on earth. God, in the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth. They are in relationship with one another and they always will be in relationship to one another. Even the prophet Isaiah, when he prophesied in Isaiah 65, I believe is about a new heaven and a new earth and how wonderful that's going to be. And then the the apostle John built on that when he wrote the book of Revelation and you read chapters 21 and 22, where it uh, gives a greater description of the new heavens and the new earth. So it's always going to exist. It's always going to be here and it's going to be remade and it's going to be rebuilt and so forth. But we need to recognize that while we are here, while we are here, we have faith to live by kingdom rule. Our faith is to, is to exhibit a kingdom rule and it is to bring the promises of as it is in heaven. To bring the promise of as it is in heaven in heaven into reality on the earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's stop just playing games and reciting things because they're nice and they're poetic and we've been taught them and, but not really put any thought into it. And what's the reality of that? What's the consequence of it? What's my, what is my responsibility in this when I ask God to his will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Your kingdom come, your will be done here on the earth as it is in heaven. I'm giving you uh, much material this morning to, to think about. It's gonna be one of those sermons you're gonna say, no, I need to think about that for a little bit. I just don't know if I can buy into that. I don't know if I'm gonna dive in there right away, but I wanna think about it. Well, that's good. That's good. God has given me the mind of Christ Amen. so we can think about things. Amen? So, unfortunately... There's still a huge separation between things in heaven and things on earth. But the good news is Christ's mission is to unite or to reunite heaven on earth. His kingdom has an origin, his kingdom has a direction, and his kingdom has a destination. It begins in heaven and it comes toward us. So let's open up our hearts this morning to receive all that God has in store for us and to be willing to step up to the plate and to come in and be a participant on his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. God has made it very clear through a study of the scriptures that 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 he is working through the body of Christ. Jesus Christ has come to restore what was lost in, 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 in Genesis chapter three, when Adam and Eve transgressed in the Garden of Eden. Jesus has come to re- restore us back to our original intent. And, and Jesus made the declaration that says, all authority has been given unto me. That's why when you read the temptation, in, in Matthew chapter four, there's this, the, we have the, the revelation of how Jesus was led into the garden by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the enemy. And when Satan tempted Jesus, he tempted him among, you know, with, with, uh, concerning his hunger and turned these stones into bread. And if, if the angels are charged over you, throw yourself down, God will pick you up. But the one temptation I found very interesting is that he, he took him up to the high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms. Everyone say, all the kingdoms. All the kingdoms. Of the world, say of the world. So there are many, there are multiple, numerous kingdoms of this world. It's the kingdoms, and the Bible refers to uh, Satan's kingdom, which is the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of darkness. But he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and he he presented to Jesus that Jesus, if you will bow down and you will worship me, this is Satan talking to Jesus. He said, if you will bow down and worship me, I will give all this to you. Based on what he was saying, Jesus, you know and I know that you came from heaven to earth and you know and I know that the plan is that you're gonna go to the cross and you're gonna whip my butt and you're gonna strip me of the keys and all the authority that Adam gave to me. You're gonna take it back. I know that and you know that, but it's gonna cost you your life. You're gonna to have to go to the cross. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. You just bow down and worship me. You don't have to die. You don't need to go to the cross. You don't have to shed your blood. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to be mocked and spit on. If you'll just worship me, I'll give it to you. What was he trying to do? He was trying to preempt the will of God. And that's where our temptations many times lie. The Satan will come to us, not in that same manner, but many times it will be to preempt the will of God. You worship me. You give me the glory. You give me the honor. I'll have the promise of a life filled with fun and joy and all your needs and, you know, life is good and et cetera, et cetera. Trying to preempt the will of God. But we come back to the Lord's prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stick with God. Jesus declined that and he said, nope, only worship one going to worship the Lord, our God, the only one to worship. That's what he did. And he stayed true to his plan, stayed true to his mission to unite heaven and earth together again in a spirit of authority, in a spirit of love and a spirit of wisdom to again, have the will and the plans and the purposes of God to be carried out here on the earth. And even though it cost him the cross, he was willing to do it. He laid down his life. He did it because he loves you. He loves me. He loves God's creation. That's why he did it and when we uh, accept that we we, uh, believe that in our heart we confess that with our mouth the bible teaches us that we are transferred from the kingdom of satan into the kingdom of god's dear son into the kingdom of his love there's a there's a government transition took place there's a kingdom transition took place when you accepted jesus christ as your lord and savior Whenever that time in history was, if you're here today and say, I'm a born again child of God, that moment that you made that confession of your faith, you were transferred from under the dominion and under the authority of Satan's kingdom, the kingdoms of this world, and you were transferred into the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of his love. You can read that in Colossians. There's a transfer took place. And in that transfer, coming into the kingdom, into God's kingdom, into the kingdom of his dear son. The scriptures teach us that you have been placed into the family of God. You have been made a joint heir with God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and you have been given the family name called the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Not 99.9%, all of it say all of, it. all of it, has been given to who? Jesus. Who has the authority? Jesus, Jesus or Satan? Jesus. Jesus has all the authority. It's been given to him because he went to the cross and he defeated death and he, and he was, went into the depths of hell and he defeated death, hell, and the grave. God raised him up victorious. He later ascended to be seated at the right hand of God and he delegated his authority to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are here. The church is here. The purpose for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is to represent heaven on earth. We have much work to do. You can say amen or O oh me. Amen. Representing heaven on earth. Think about that. Jesus in his teachings, when you, read about the te- when, you, when you read through the Gospels, Jesus mentioned in Mark chapter 4, he said, the mystery of the kingdom has been made known to you. Talking to his disciples. And he, it's made known, and he continued to make the, the mysteries of the kingdom known through parables. That's why you read the parables. The kingdom of God is as a man. The kingdom of God is as a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is as such. And the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. He would tell stories to paint pictures of what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of God is like. And it takes, an, it, it, it takes a, a, a very open mind and a very open heart and open ears to uh, even begin to grasp the concept of, of kingdom heaven on earth, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To grasp the reality of what that is supposed to look like in my life and in your life and and collectively as the local church, collectively as a people, And what does it look like to have heaven and earth connected? But that's what Jesus came to do, to reunite heaven and earth, to reestablish kingdom authority, and he conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. It's a kingdom of the love of God. It's a kingdom of the love of God. So I plead with you to listen to this very carefully. When I hear... People lamenting how bad things are, how scary things are, how terrible the world is behaving, how terrible and and short the church is coming up and things, and how just lousy government is performing, and, and just lamenting, 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 and then they try to make everyone feel better by saying, but God's in control. I cringe when I hear it in that context. Kingdom of heaven on earth, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if what you're experiencing going on in our environment, around our globe, around our communities, around our cities, around our abortion clinics, around our government, in and out of government, around everywhere, and you wanna sit back and say, God's got it all under control, then uh, I'm gonna question who your God is. If if my God's in control, there's no more abortions. If my God's in control, there's no more shenanigans taking place in our lives and government and within the church, within the family. If we are really puppets of God and God's got it all under control, I think things would look a whole lot different. We would be experiencing heaven on earth. Now, Ultimately, I'm going to say ultimately, God has the ultimate control. He is God. He is the creator of heaven and earth. And thank God He has a plan. And His plan was through Jesus Christ to redeem the people of the earth back to Himself. A matter of fact, when you read Romans chapter 8, even the earth, the planet earth, is going to be redeemed back to its original intent. Right now, it's groaning in Pennsylvania Dutch, it's grexing and groaning and it's disturbed. And and that's why we have the, the, the things that happen on the earth, the floods, the dryness, the hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes and upheaval happens within the earth. The earth has not been redeemed through Jesus' redemptive work at Calvary's cross. We have been redeemed, not the earth, not the planet earth, but it will be, it will be. But in the meantime, enjoy it and be a good steward of it. In spite of it being under the curse, in spite of all the upheavals that have taken place throughout the years, we still look at the earth and we say, wow. You look at the natural wonders of the world, you go, wow, that's beautiful. The God of creation. And we're seeing it in its fallen state. Imagine seeing it and experiencing it in its redeemed state. Wow. Wow. It wouldn't be snowing on Wednesday. Only on the ski slopes. It wouldn't be on the roads. It would just be on the ski slopes where people want snow, where they want to play in it. That's where it would snow. Amen? If God were really in control, it would snow on Christmas Eve, and by January the 1st, it would go back to springtime. That's all we need. (laughs) So check yourself the next time you want to just quickly say, well, God's got it all under control. Many times what we're doing is just, we're just we're, uh, shrugging responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take responsibility. Let's be responsible. If you don't feed the poor, the poor are not going to be fed. If we don't close the poor, the, clothe, the, the poor will not be clothed. If we don't do the things that God's word has commissioned us to do, they won't be done. That's why the churches, that's why the body of Christ, that's why Jesus Christ said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Now you go, now you go in my name and make disciples out of all nations. Making a disciple means you're teaching people about God, teaching people about God's love for them, teaching people about God, created the heavens and the earth and they're to flow together, they're to cooperate together. We are to be independent of one another and heaven and earth are interdependent on one another. It will always be a heaven and an earth. Maybe a new heaven and a new earth. Does that mean this one's going to be completely annihilated? Heaven's going to be completely annihilated? No, I don't think so. I think it's going to build on what is. When I became a born-again child of God, Scripture defines it and tells me that I have been made a brand new creation. Old things passed away, and behold, all things became new. But I can look in the mirror and say, "Well, really, I still—I'm still me." But in the spirit realm, things became new. There's a new heart. There's a new way of, there's a new government. There's a new way of doing business, a new way of thinking. And this kingdom of God has come near you and it has come in you, Jesus Christ That the kingdom of God is in you. It's in you and it's in you and it has an origin it has come to you and it has it from heaven and it has a direction and it has a destination it began it began in heaven and it comes towards you and it it's in us and it's to flow from us and eventually be impacting the earth impacting the population of the earth but remember when you read the parables which Jesus gave to explain the kingdom of heaven to us his kingdom his will be done here on earth as in heaven when he's explaining this to us that it started from small to big it's as a mustard seed the smallest of all the seeds but it grew up to be a great big tree in the garden the greatest of the plants in the garden it starts from the inside out so Rodney tagged his message last week upside down kingdom you can tag this one today inside out kingdom it starts on the inside It starts as a mustard seed and becomes the greatest of all the plants in the garden. It starts with 30 fold, 60 fold, and 100 fold. It's the kingdom of God. And as it flows from the inside out, we are instructed in the word of God that we are not to be worrisome. We are not to be fretting and to be worrisome and concerned about uh, different things that are going on around us and worrying about what we're gonna eat, what we're gonna wear, what we're gonna drink. So don't be worrying about these things, but seek first the kingdom. Well, again, that's wonderful. And it it might work well when you're trying to comfort yourself or you're trying to counsel someone, say, you know what, you need to stop worrying and you need to seek the kingdom of God. So let's say you're in a counseling situation this afternoon and you tell someone, stop worrying. The Bible says, that's always a good backup. (laughs) If I don't know what else to say, if I don't know what other authority to draw on, the Bible says, stop worrying and seek first the kingdom. And what would you say if if the person you're counseling, you're counseling me and I'm gonna be a smart addict and I'm gonna say, well, what's the kingdom? What am I looking for? What am I seeking? I don't know, but the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. Well, I know that. I I heard you and I believe you and I believe the Bible says that and I believe it's recorded accurately and I believe Jesus said that, but what was he saying when he said, seek first the kingdom? Well, I don't know, but the Bible says so. And that should be enough. No, it's not. That's why we're still worrying. That's why we're still fretting. What are we gonna eat? What are we gonna wear? What are we gonna drink? The Bible says, don't worry about it. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. Well, what's the kingdom? I don't know. Well, why don't you know? I don't know. Well, the Bible says, (laughs) the Bible tells us what the kingdom is. Jesus told us what the kingdom is. we need to look at it. We need to be students of the word of God and and, and believe God's word and and accept what, and, and accept what he's telling us about the kingdom of God and accept the responsibility of it. Everyone say the responsibility of the kingdom. See, you don't just have a kingdom given to you. You don't have a kingdom birthed in you, starting small, going from small to big without any responsibilities. So what's my responsibility in this? To start governing your life from kingdom perspective. From kingdom perspective. Throughout the ages, uh, scripture supports us, and throughout the ages, we have what we refer to from a biblical perspective, we refer to it as dispensations. We have the dispensation of innocence. It began with the creation of man to the fall of man. Didn't last very long, only three chapters. I'd like to believe if I was Adam, I would have made it to chapter seven or eight or nine, but not three chapters, you know, third chapter, boom, messed up. You know, that's like losing the game in the third inning. So. So, anyway, with the innocence, then we have the age of conscience. That's from the fall of man to the flood of Noah. And then we have the age of human government, which was after the flood of Noah to the promises of Abraham. And then we have from uh, the age of promise, which is from Abraham, God's covenant promises to Abraham, until the time of Moses. Then from the time of Moses until Jesus Christ is referred to as the dispensation of the law. Most many people you are familiar with that, but often refer to it as the law, the Old Testament, the law. The dispensation of the law of Moses existed until Jesus Christ. Then when Jesus Christ did his redemptive work, we entered into a new dispensation, it's called the dispensation of grace. And we say grace. It's also referred to in the Bible as the dispensation, people refer to it as the dispensation of the church. And so the dispensation of the church or the dispensation of grace was from the resurrection of Jesus Christ until his second coming to establish his millennial reign. Not the rapture, but beyond the rapture when he comes back and to establish his millennial reign here on the earth. Now, the reason I'm giving this to you real quickly is that... uh, we are living in a time today, we talking about knowing about the kingdom. If you're gonna know about the kingdom, if you're, you're gonna seek first the kingdom, it's good for you to know something about the kingdom. Well, first and foremost, know that you're living in a time of God's desire for his kingdom to come from heaven to earth. Your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It's his will for that to be a reality. And not just to be sitting back waiting, oh, we can get through this. Oh, we can get through these you know, next 10 years. We can get through these next 20 years. We can get through these next two years. Uh, you know, one of these, you know, I'm gonna make my exodus and I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. I'm ready. And escapist theology. You know, just, uh, just let me escape out of here. We're living in a dispensation of grace. Dispensation is another word for it, an accurate definition of it would be administration, everyone say administration. So we have different administrations and when there's different administrations, there's different ways of doing business. So in this administration, we are to be administering the kingdom of heaven here on the earth by the grace of God, through the love of God, through faith in the lordship of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our savior. This is where we're living. We're living in this dispensation. We're under the government of the grace of God. We have been transferred into the kingdom of his dear son, the son of his love. God's kingdom has come in you when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Don't have that little mustard seed that was sown in you. Just remain dormant in you. Uh, Nurture it and allow it to grow and become the greatest of all the herbs in the garden. Let it... The kingdom of God come to 30-fold, and then to 60-fold, and then to 100-fold. It's in you. Incrementally, it's growing larger and larger, and you're becoming more influential, and you're reaching people for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So you're in this dispensation. It's It's the same God, the same Lord Jesus Christ, but we're operating... By his word, which tells us now that we are to operate by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That was my introduction, believe it or not. <laughs> Real quickly, I'm gonna have you, you're going to have homework this week because we can't we don't have on time to go through all this. But Ephesians chapter 1. I can't believe I didn't get to this. My goodness gracious. Here we go. We're going to read these verses. But then again, when you're talking about something as enormous as the as enormous as the kingdom of God, you can't expect to get it to you in 30 minutes, can you? <laughs> We're talking about eternal perspective here. Listen to this. Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, the first three chapters are really talking about your, your rich inheritance in Jesus Christ, all the benefits that you have as a result of being born again in the kingdom of God. Then the last three chapters then give you just excellent applications of that. So here's what the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, beginning at verse three. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm, because we are united with Christ. I'm gonna say, united You're united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God now has revealed this to God now revealed to us this mysterious plan regarding Christ. God has revealed this mysterious plan. It's no longer a mystery. He has revealed it to us. We are to operate and govern our lives according to kingdom principles. Verse 9 again, God has revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. Verse 10, I love this. And this is the plan. Everyone say, and this is the plan. Now, when you read that in the Bible, when you read statements like that, you need to stop and just go, hey, okay, what's about to go down here? What's about to go down here? This is the plan. This is the plan. At the right time, everyone say, at the right time. He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and where? Everything in heaven and on earth will be brought together. Will be brought together. It will be brought together. God in his supremacy is ultimately in control. And he gave that control to Adam and so complete and thorough was that control and that authority that Adam had complete freedom to give it away. And he gave it away. He yielded it over to Satan. Satan tried to hang on to it by tempting Jesus in the wilderness, but Jesus didn't fall for it. He did not yield to the temptation. Thank God he didn't. And Jesus went to the cross and he got all that authority back. He redeemed it back to himself for humanity. We are now back into the orig- into, in our original state of being. We are created, put on the earth to rule and to reign with kingdom authority. Not to rule and reign uh, through controlling people, manipulating people, but through kingdom authority, through the grace of God. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Been given to Jesus. Therefore, Satan no longer has any authority. It's all been given to Jesus. Jesus commissioned you and you and you watching there at home. He commissioned you to go into all the world and make disciples. He commissioned us to do this in his name. Basically, he delegated his authority that God gave to him. All the authority that God gave to Jesus, Jesus delegated it to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the purposes of the planet, the humanity experiencing heaven on earth. Eventually, at the right time, God has a plan. It's all gonna be given back again to God the Father, and God ultimately is in control. But in his supremacy and in his authority, he delegated it to you. So stop shrugging your responsibility. I'm talking to you personally and I'm talking to us collectively as a church. We need to stop shrugging responsibility and recognize that we have a huge responsibility given to us along with the authority that's been delegated to us. Let's shape it up. Let's exercise kingdom love, kingdom authority, and let's reach a lost and dying world with the good news of the gospel. Amen. Amen. You're authorized to go in Jesus' name and make disciples of all nations. Pray for the sick. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come near unto you. There's the types of things that Jesus said. And so you can kind of read those. You know, it's nice, poetic, and I've read that before. It's a nice, nice story. But think about it. He said, heal the sick and tell them the kingdom's come near you. That's why they got healed. Amen? Right. So Father, I pray right now for your kingdom authority to be manifested in our lives, in salvation, in people receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior of their lives. People believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died at Calvary's cross and believing that in our hearts and confessing that to be true with our mouth, we are transferred out of the kingdom of Satan and transferred over into the kingdom of God's dear Son. We thank you for that transfer, Father God. We thank you for that transformation. We thank you for the new birth as we refer to it, all things being made brand new. Also, thank you, Lord God, that in this new kingdom, in this kingdom authority, the healing power of God to be manifested in our bodies, in the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. So every sickness, every disease. That has a name, must bow to the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, that we exercise our kingdom authority. We are commissioned by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Let us take that on as a full responsibility, as an honor, and as a grace. We can go from this place today knowing that we have kingdom rule, kingdom authority, based on the foundation of the love of God in the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. I hope you have plenty to think about. I felt like I was trying to give you a whole bunch of stuff in a short period of time, but chew on it, meditate on it, think about it, and come back next week. We'll straighten it out for you. All right? God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day. Be safe. Be kind. Be courteous. And we'll see you next Sunday. God bless.